welcome everybody to the Chronic Pain Discovery Podcast. My name is Dee Twentyman and I'm also known as the Superconscious Collaborator. And um, this podcast is going to be looking at chronic pain and how your brain can make pain worse. Why am I doing it? Well, I've suffered with IBS and migraines on an almost constant basis from childhood into my late 30s. And I believed these constant companions were going to be with me for the rest of my life because I thought that I looked at every possible way to actually fight these and to regain my health and my life. I'd actually lost myself within that pain and the discomfort. And what I needed to do was to find myself again and to find joy in every day once again. That was a long time ago now, a long time ago. But what I now know is that healing ourselves naturally is more than possible with commitment and with knowing ourselves. So this podcast will be exploring and discovering the connections between thoughts, beliefs and expectations around things like IBS and other chronic pain conditions. So join me for this weekly podcast as we dive in to the workings of our mind to help heal ourselves from chronic pain conditions. So let's get started, shall we? So how does diet and stress affect IBS? Well, it's all to do with the abnormal function of your colon. Because this is the thing that's always present. There's an abnormal function of a person's colon who has IBS. But we also need a trigger that kicks off that abnormal function. And that creates the well-known symptoms that you're probably used to in your life. Um, quite often, the most likely culprits, most likely triggers are stress first and foremost, and then maybe some dietary issues. And a lot of clients tell me that the symptoms come following a meal or under stress. So when I've explored this a little bit more with them and spoken to them about it, many of them begin to connect the dots and they realize that it isn't an either or situation. So what I mean by that is, it isn't either a food that they've eaten that caused it, or stress on its own. But they put that together on the particular day that they experience the symptoms and they realize it's a combination of both things together at the same time. And that can be a real mic drop at moment for many people. Because how often have you said that you can be fine one day with eating a certain food or food group, but on another day, the symptoms are back with a vengeance. You find yourself laid up in bed, ringing work and booking in another sick day, which creates stress in itself, doesn't it? You know, that used to leave me baffled as well. You know, has that ever, ever happened to you? I'm sure it has. So until I had the aha moment, 
in my own life around ridding myself of IBS symptoms, I would think I had to tick yet one more food off my list of what I could eat. Did it help? Well, no, <laughs> because now I was stressed about how few foods my diet had in it. And then I projected into the future of a life living on lettuce and not having any enjoyment around food. And let's face it, food is one of the biggest, biggest pleasures of life. But what is actually going on with our colon when we eat? Because if we understand that, we have some understanding of how we can move forward in helping ourselves relieve the symptoms and understand our bodies. Because once we understand our bodies, we're, we're much better equipped at, at being able to do something about what's you know going on for us. So let me give you a little bit of science behind it and as simply as I can. So eating causes your colon to begin contractions. So the psychobabble term is called peristalsis. And normally this response can cause us to have the urge for the bathroom within about 30 minutes to an hour after having a meal. And with people who have IBS, that urge can come on really a lot sooner. And it comes on along with the cramps and a real sense of urgency. So the strength of the response in your gut can often be down to the number of calories that you've had in your meal. And it also comes down to especially the amount of fat in the meal because fat in any form, whether it's animal or vegetable, is a really strong stimulant for your colon. And it stimulates it to begin these contractions. So lots of food contain fat, I'm sure you know. And a lot of it is hidden, okay? But meat has a lot of fat, as I'm sure you're aware. And if you like the crispy skin on poultry, then you will be having a lot of fat there. Other foods with a lot of fat are things like whole milk, cream, cheese, butter, vegetable oils, and one of my all-time favorites, avocados. So then the stress also stimulates the spasms in your colon. In people whose colon is very oversensitive. So you might be thinking, well, why would my colon be oversensitive? What's happened to it to make it oversensitive in the first place? Well, it's down to the fact that the colon is partly controlled and connected to your nervous system. So a lot of mental health counselling, relaxation techniques, stress reducing techniques and trainings can really, really help to relieve the symptoms of IBS. Because when things irritate our nerves, our nervous system, it sends a signal into the brain and we're back again to this gut brain connection the gut-brain axis, if you like. And when I've talked about stress and IBS, it's important that you understand 
No one's saying that IBS is all in your mind. Your physical symptoms are real. Most definitely they are real and very, very uncomfortable. I know, I had them for years. So what it means is we are actually causing the very symptoms that we don't want. And we don't know we're doing that and we're not making a conscious choice to do that. I mean, who would? Oh, I think I'll just muck up my day by getting deliberately stressed, putting myself in bed with a stomach ache today rather than planned, you know, the day I planned going out with my mates because I was really looking forward to that. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen to you. But what you can do is you can look at the subconscious processes and the patterns that you get into, the patterns of thinking that you get into that have this effect upon your gut. And also a really good diet can help the movement of food through your gut as well. A diet of additive-free, unprocessed food is a great way to help yourself stay well. Now, there's going to be many of you listening, and you're going to be all of various different age ranges. But back in the days of my youth, there were far less additives and no GMO foods. And most of the food was cooked from scratch. There were very few boxes or packets that were opened in order to have a really good meal when I was a child and in my teens and early 20s. Simple, straightforward food that includes healthy veg and a portion of meat or fish for those of you who eat that. You know, that's a great meal. The meat and two veg kind of pattern. If you don't eat meat, then that's fine. And you can find another form of protein that you can, that you can have. Personally, I've got an intolerance to things like soya and meat substitutes, so I, have, I, I do avoid, avoid those. So, it's worth noting down in a diary or a food journal, if you like, what foods that you think seem to cause IBS symptoms for you. And then notice if you can see if there's a specific pattern. And you can also get the help of a dietitian because it might well turn out that you have a real physical intolerance to certain foods. It may be that you've got an intolerance to the pesticides that remain on the surface of your fruit and veg or any additives that you might be taking in. Things like monosodium glutamate is a massive trigger for many people and you find that in your Chinese takeaways and processed foods, you know, like chip, uh, potato chips and crisps. What I did is I turned to mainly organic food choices to avoid all of the chances of taking in these additives, these pesticides and things that, that weren't good for my body. Now, dairy is often seen as a trigger for many people, but a certain dairy is, is fine to eat. For, for example, 
um, yogurt is is okay mainly it's well tolerated by the gut because what it does is it contains live bacteria and that supplies lactase which is an enzyme and this enzyme is needed to break down and digest milk so if you decide to not eat dairy at all then make sure you substitute with a really good source of calcium then we have dietary fiber now this can be a really contentious one because many people find that fiber can cause major cramping in some people and yet it eases symptoms for others. So things like whole grains, beans, cereals, these are really good sources of fiber. And if you do tolerate fiber in this way, then it's much better than getting an over-counter fiber product from your GP to help with the IBS symptoms you have such as constipation, for instance. So fiber keeps a good amount of water in the waste products and helps to expel them smoothly out of your body. And finally, large meals cause more problems for people with an oversensitive bowel than smaller meals. So you might want to consider eating smaller portions and more often or just eat smaller portions and see if your symptoms reduce. And especially if they, um, the food you eat, the meals you have are low in fat and high in carbs. Um, if you find fiber isn't for you, then it's often being suggested by functional practitioners like myself and gastroenterologists to eliminate all fiber from your diet for a while and to go on what we call a white diet for two weeks. Now, this means eating a diet of very low fiber foods and things like white breads, white pastas, white rice, and then gradually introducing certain fiber foods back into your diet again, and to see which one of them is your actual trigger. Now, you might be surprised that it isn't all fiber that causes you the discomfort. And you might be pleasantly surprised to know that you can eat some fibre and start to bring balance back into your gut again, into your body. So I found patients in the past have a great relief when eating this white diet. And I know it isn't for any longer than two weeks. It's only there to help things settle down in the short term. So I hope that's helped you today with looking at certain things within the diet, how the colon works, how stress impacts your diet as well. And I hope you take something from that and see if there's something that you can put to good use in your own life over the coming days. So until next time, have a great week. Thanks for listening and joining me here at the Chronic Pain Discovery Podcast. I would love you to subscribe and to share this podcast with others who you think might benefit from the topics that we cover. And I also encourage you to please share your comments as well. I'd love to know what you think. I also would love you to challenge your beliefs about what's possible for you by using the power of your mind to bring balance and harmony back into your life. So until next time. Have a great week.